Welcome to Feel the Heat, Episode 4. Happy Friday, everybody, to all of our listeners. I'm your host, Day, along with my co-host, Webb. What's going on, everybody? Hey, Happy we... To be here. Yep, we, we got some good content for you today. Uh, we thank you for listening to our show and submitting your questions. As promised, we will answer your questions, even though you may not like them. Here at Feel the Heat, we back up our takes with facts and numbers. Everyone has an opinion, but not everyone backs it up with the facts. Feel free to send in your questions or your topics that you would like us to cover at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message. As always, we jump right into the NCAA. And with that being said, if Webb doesn't mind, let me give a quick shout out to some guys I know who are opening up their season this weekend. My little brother Trey over at South Dakota, Demetri Vance at Jackson State, Stefan Claiborne and Mitchell Heinbuck at Western Michigan, Randall Grimes at UNLV, and Jordan Brooks-West at FAU. Good luck, fellas, and hope you have a healthy season. I'm not sure if you saw it last night, Kyle, but I know that what Georgia Tech and Clemson, their game was what we expected. But did you see UCF completely dismantle FAMU? I actually didn't catch that one. It was uh, like similar playing to Madden on rookie mode with all the sliders up versus CPU. The score was like 62 to 0. I mean, it's just flatlining. Like they just took the heart out of FAMU. And FAMU had 119 total yards of offense. And check this out. And I know it's FAMU. It's like, come on, this is UCF. They're ranked number 17. I think they they beat Auburn. You know, they were uh, the self-proclaimed national champions uh, because they went 13-0. and 0. Um, Maybe last season or the season before that, I'm not sure. Yeah, it was two years ago. So, UCF had 694 yards of total offense. Even like their third and fourth string on the depth chart was getting off on FAMU. And it's like, how do you let that happen? They just have more talent. I mean, some. I mean, talent matters in football. Absolutely, but do you just? How do you let up almost seven hundred yards of offense? It's just like free game. Do what you want. Moving forward, um, Clemson did exactly what we expected of them. Destroyed Georgia Tech fifty-two to fourteen. Um, Travis, I always can not pronounce his name correct. It's Etienne. 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 Travis Etienne, 205 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence had two touchdowns. One of them was a rushing touchdown, but he also threw two picks. But it's early in the season. Got to get the rust off. Clemson did what they exactly were supposed to do. Being the greatest to ever do it in your sport at your position is a common goal among athletes, which many fall short at doing. Being the greatest of all time requires discipline, work ethic, dedication, Sacrifice and almost perfection. Listen up as well breaks down Trevor Lawrence's chance at being the best quarterback ever. I mean, technically, if you look at it, he's really had the best true freshman year in a long time. He's, I think he's the first true freshman since 73, 74 to play in a national, to start in a national championship. I think I think he's had the best start to a football career anybody can have. I mean, his junior year of high school, he was throwing 3,900 yards and 51 touchdowns. It doesn't get it doesn't get much better than that. 
by his senior year, he had 41 straight wins, two state titles, and four regional titles. I mean, his size, mobility, arm strength, and field vision is matched with by basically nobody. 30 touchdowns in 2018 with 3,200 passing yards. Uh, I, not only, I not only think it's possible, I think he's on track. I mean, uh, compared to somebody like Tua Tagovailoa, who had 3,900 passing yards and 43 touchdowns, eight interceptions. But keep in mind that Trevor Lawrence didn't start until week four when he beat out Kelly Bryant for the starting job. So I think he's on track, and I think he can do it. I um I agree with you, and it's been 34 years, as you said, 34 years. Last time a first-year quarterback, a true freshman, led his team to a national championship, and I think in those two playoff games, he had 674 yards passing offense and six touchdowns. So he has a long way to go, like you said, but becoming the best to ever do it is not far-fetched, especially with the talented team that he has. Yeah, he's still got T. Higgins. He's still got Travis Etienne. I mean, I think he's good for at least, at least two more national championships. Absolutely, I think so. But it's not far-fetched. Um, just going to take a little bit more work and a couple more playoff appearances, which I think Clemson will do over the next couple of seasons. we got breaking NFL news this week. Carly Lloyd says she wants to be an NFL kicker. And I'll just say simply like this. I don't want to get into politics or anything. Just create a league for women. There's all different type of leagues out there, but I just don't think that there's any room for women to physically play football with men in the NFL. It's just not safe. It's not smart. Even if you're a kicker, it's just not the route to go. I don't care if they can kick a 60-yard field goal. You want to protect the safety of the women. And the men aren't going to let up just because there's a woman back there kicking the ball. Anthony from San Diego wants to know our predictions for the Buffalo Bills this season. Kyle says he has the answers for Anthony. I mean, to be honest, I'm not expecting much from the Bills. Mostly because the Patriots are in their division. But to be honest, the best thing they have going for them is their defense. I mean, last year, they were second for fewest for fewest yards allowed. They were they had 16 interceptions, which was seventh in the league. 21 forced fumbles, which was second in the league. And Josh, uh, Josh Allen, I'm sorry, but he's sorry. He is. If he's not, ru- unless he's running the ball, last year he had 31 rushing yards. For eight touchdowns, but I mean, his his ten his ten for twelve in touchdown versus interceptions, it was it was dead last last year. He was dead last last year in completion percentage. I mean, but the ten for twelve touchdown versus interception ratio is pretty bad too. But I don't think they're going to beat the Patriots or the Jets anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I got to hang their hat on the defense. They got, a, they got a straight defense. So here's my take. First of all, I think the Bills will trade Shady McCoy, and I believe that because Devin Singletary, the rookie out of FAU, will become the premier back for the Buffalo Bills offense. I think they have a strong possibility to make the playoffs. They have a great defense. They were ranked number two last year, and they only let up 294 yards per game, and they are returning the majority of their starters for defense. 
But they have to do better on their offense. Josh Allen has to prove that he can play in the NFL. The offense just has to come together and put a put together a decent season. Their offense was obviously their problem last year, and it looks like it may continue to be their problem this year. But hopefully there's some improvement. There's some uh, excitement there in Buffalo about what they have the possibility to do. So I think they have a chance at going 8-8. Eight and eight. That's being generous. But they do have a strength of schedule that is not difficult. They have the six easiest um, strength of schedule this season. So hopefully they can take advantage of um, their schedule not being that difficult compared to some of their um, competitors in, in the AFC. And also, can I just say this, that I am so tired of hearing all of these athletes hold out of playing because of contract negotiations. First of all, the NFLPA and the CBA needs to fix this. People are just using it for a storyline for each season. And with that being said, Jadavian Clowney is being shopped around by the Texans because of this holdout. Who would you think would be a good suitor for Clowney? Webb? I mean, one team, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the Bills. I mean, they could trade them, they could trade for them, and they could put them at linebacker, and that would definitely help with their glaring red zone defense. I mean, their, their red zone defense is bad. Well, I mean, or even Carolina, they have issues stopping the run. I think he could be useful, uh, and most, I think he'll be most valuable to the Raiders. If they could trade for them, if they could trade for them, but those are just a couple teams that I had in mind. I think that it's best he stays where he's at. I think if they, he can get the contract he wants from the Texans, which it looks like they don't want to give him since they're looking to trade him, I think it's best he stays where he's at. Go ahead. They have no O line. They just lost their starting running back. They don't need two elite pass rushers. They got J.J. Watt. They got Whitney Merciless. They've got Darius Marcel. They've got other guys. They need to work on that O-line, and they need to work on that O-line. That is should be your first concern. I don't want Deshaun Watson to end up like Andrew Luck. Well, I think that's a good point, but at the same time, the Texans can't really depend on J.J. Watt or Clowney to be healthy. They're they're both injury prone, injured a lot, miss they miss games, but they're great athletes. So wherever he ends up being, hopefully he he's an asset and he doesn't go to a team that doesn't have any chances for a playoff appearance. All right, this is one of the greatest debates in sports. As Big Heck from New Orleans asks, who is the better player, LeBron or Jordan? And it's not an easy debate, but here's the answer. And I don't want to discredit anything LeBron's teammates have done, but it's clear. Once LeBron entered into his prime, greatness followed. He went to eight straight finals, four with the Heat, and four with the Cavs. 2016 championship for the Cavs was the greatest accomplishment of LeBron's career as he beat a 73-9 Warriors team. And they were down 3-1. He is the most talented, physically gifted, and one of the most, if not, if not the most, intelligent players to play. He is also, he, he has a better two-point game. 
than Jordan, and he averaged 54%. He averages 54% from two compared to Jordan's 51%. Of course, you could say, well, Jordan took more shots, he was more aggressive, so his numbers will be lower. And that's the difference. When LeBron could have taken the more difficult and flashy shot, he chose to pass to the most logical and higher percentage shot. He averages 27, 7, and 7 over his career. Even though Jordan averages 36 and 5 over his career, or averaged that 36 and 5 over his career, he had a score first mentality, and LeBron looks to pass first. If LeBron wanted to be a score first player, he could easily be so, especially in his prime. Who would be able to stop LeBron? If he was a score first player, if he wanted to get to the rim every time, no one in the NBA now or in the last 10 years have had the physical stature to stop LeBron from getting to the bucket when he wants. When it's all said and done, whether you agree or not, LeBron James will be the greatest basketball player of all time and probably the greatest scorer as he will lead the league in scoring for his history. That's crazy. That's crazy to me that LeBron not a natural born scorer, but he will lead the league in scoring. I'm not going to sit here and rifle off a bunch of facts, but I mean, you had a good argument, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to analytics. LeBron going into his seventh season, averaging 27, 8, and 8. I mean, if you want to, if you want to say, sure, Michael Jordan won six, six rings. Okay. He doesn't have the most rings. Okay? He he might have more accolades. He doesn't have all the accolades. When it comes to stats, LeBron had all the stats over Jordan. All of them, except for point except for points per game. But like I said, when that when you start talking about points per game, efficiency starts coming into play. LeBron's more efficient. He's smarter. I mean, I don't see, I don't see the argument anymore. I don't, I really don't. But that's just me. I would say the argument you definitely could make it and say, of course, Jordan's a better player. Eight, nine seasons ago, when he was still with the Cavs, his first time before he went to the Heat. But once he went to the Heat and he learned how to really expand his game and learned that he didn't have to go dunk the ball every every game, he learned it how to play better with other players. And then he took what he learned and went back to Miami, or excuse me, went back to the Cavs. And he created this dominance. And he dominated the East no matter who they put against him. He made people look like they were not all-stars. They couldn't figure out how to guard him, how to stop him. They didn't know when he was going to pass the ball because, like I said, if he wanted to score at will, he could. Correct, but I mean, this is a this is a conversation that we we need more time for. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this could be a whole segment by itself. Yeah, because Jordan had just as good of a case. I think it just comes down to whoever argues it better. Absolutely, absolutely. So after Joe Johnson's big uh, three MVP, he's getting multiple workouts, including the Sixers, the Clippers, and more. Is he still worth a roster spot? And I love ISO Joe, but no. Wasn't he with Houston the last time he was in the NBA? I think he averaged like six points. And he's not worth a spot. He can hoop, 
He could play three-man ball, but I'm not risking any money on signing ISO Joe. Yeah, his career minutes are 16-4-3. I mean... No, I think I think Melo deserves. I would give Melo a contract before I would give Joe Johnson a contract. I really would. Just based off what I've seen Joe Johnson do in Utah and the Rockets, career stats are sixteen four and three. I'm just no. I don't think he's worth it. He's too old. I think I don't think he's got it no more. I think he should just stay in the big three. He really should. And we're going to try to get to all of your points today, but we are running low on time and we want to keep the show going forward to keep you intrigued. So this is um, a question where I'm not an expert in. I don't know. I'm not sure if Kyle is an an expert in as well, but I do follow um, this when, when she is playing. And so there are so many great athletes and it's hard to pinpoint who is the best or top five athletes to ever live. And Harold from Romeo wants to know, is Serena Williams one of the greatest athletes of all times? And the simple answer is yes. I mean, she's definitely um, the greatest female athlete to ever live. And my order for my top three would be Muhammad Ali, Usain Bolt, and then Serena Williams. And she's the she's better than the, the Jackie Joyners, the Mia Hams and so on. She's reinvented the, the game of tennis from a play style standpoint. She's opened up doors for other young black women or women of color who pursue careers in tennis. And marketing wise, she's been a genius for, for Nike to, to bring in more revenue for them. She's simply dominating, even at her age now. She has 23 single major titles for, for crying out loud. For heaven's sakes, 23 major single titles. That's the most all time. Okay, and what 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 are the three players that I named? What do they have in common? It's their physical, athletic ability, their response to adversity. As you remember, she was um, pregnant and she won the, the Australia Open. And go ahead. That's what did. That's what that's what made her the greatest athlete ever to be. Is she did it pregnant. She did it pregnant. And number number two, she came back from, um, she had a blood clot in her lung and she came back months after that, after she rehabbed and dominated again. And so like, you think about how she dominated. You think about how Ali dominated. I think he won 30 something fights before he lost his first match. He only, he only lost um, five matches and he's never been knocked down. They've all been by deci- decisions. Usain Bolt, he has nine gold medals and three Olympic appearances over the course of 12 years. Nobody's been able to beat him. Nobody. He put fear in his opponents before they even lined up. And he did all of that before he was even 30 years old. And if he wanted to, he's 33 now. If he wanted to, he could come back for the 2020 Olympic season and still be dominant. I believe that because he's just that good. He can put up another performance that we've never seen. I agree. Do you have a list of your top three athletes that you would like to talk about? I mean, to be honest with you, there's there's so many great athletes. I can't even put into, I can't even put into words without 
disrespecting somebody greater who I think are the three greatest. But what I can say, I can say who who are the most, who are the three greatest that stick out to me the most, who I admire the most. Go ahead. The three greatest to me. And the three greatest athletes to me are Tiger Woods because, I mean, he was so dominant in the sport of golf for, what, a whole decade. I mean, obviously people remember the controversy with the divorces and the the uh, him cheating on his wife and him getting caught with drugs and all this other stuff, but Tiger Woods was miles beyond anyone else when he arrived on tour in 1996. He was 20 years old. He was... He's seriously, to me, one of the one of the goats of golf. And like you said, Serena Williams, and what what made her one of the best to me is she won pregnant. She did it pregnant. And the third one is Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson to me is one of those guys, like like you said before about somebody. Else, he strikes fear into people before he even steps in the ring, before he even swings at you. He showed up to fights on drugs and knocked people out in the first round. He showed up the fights without cut men because the fights didn't last long enough. Like, he was so dominant. But that's just for me. It was his Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, and Mike Tyson. And as you stated, it's just very difficult to narrow down who's the top three athletes in the world. As we know, there are many great and dominant athletes. Um, that we can name. Somebody might throw uh, Wayne Gretzky in there. Babe Ruth, yeah. you know? So it's all about, you know, your preference, what you think makes people great. And if you were to throw Babe Ruth in there, I wouldn't debate with you. Yeah, you really cannot debate that. Moving forward, we're going to talk a little bit about fantasy football. We just had our um, home draft last night, and I don't I think... Had- I had the second pick. Third pick. You had a third pick. I thought I had the second pick. No, oh, you, yeah. you had a third pick. <clears throat> Mikey, of course, gets the first pick, and he's the worst person to get the first pick because he never shuts up about it. He was texting me all night, asking me how does his team look, and I told him, obviously you have some really good running backs, but I'm concerned about your receivers. But if there was anything that you can change about fantasy football, what would it be? snake draft the, the way the drafting system because I don't like if you're first you're last technically like I was waiting for 30 40 minutes at times like is there a way that we could do it faster and the thing is you could obviously do it in the same order for each round but how fair would it be that the number one pick got the first pick every round it's not fair, but also how long, if you get the first pick, that's just one player. They could get injured. Anything could happen, but your next pick isn't for 16, isn't for, isn't for up to 16 spots. Right. That's understood. It's just, it's difficult when you're in a league with players who are owners who aren't prompt at draft time and you know, I think we have like a minute and a half to pick our picks. And most of us know who we're targeting. If we're not there, who we're going after for that. For the most part, it is dragging part. It is dragging about fantasy football. It is the draft. You have to have some patience 
I recently participated in a draft where the wait time between picks was eight hours. And I was like, are you guys serious? This draft lasted for five days. And I will never be a part of something like that again because that was just annoying. It doesn't take eight hours to make a pick. This is not real life. But if there was anything that I could change in money leagues, I wish ESPN, NFL Network, and the Sleeper app, all of those apps would incorporate a way for owners to send in their money for the league. And then it would be like held in an account and then released to the champion at the end of the season. Because as the commissioner in our home league, I really hate chasing people down for their money. It's, yeah. it's very annoying. I mean, we have our due date. Meet the due date. There's no exceptions. It's plenty of time to come up with your, your part of uh, the, the fantasy um, fee. That's the only thing I would change. But as we're getting ready to run out of time, um, I want to know, have you been watching any of the WNBA? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I've been keeping slight attention on like Sue Bird and how she's doing with her little with her uh, assistant coaching job, but not really. I haven't been watching the NBA, WNBA that much. I think that we should pay attention to them a little bit more, only because they're getting ready to start playoffs. They're a week and a half away before their regular season ends. And your girl, Asia Wilson, has been completely on fire. You know, as as you know, I live out here in Vegas. They talk about her all the time. The other night, she had like 39 and 15, career high for points. And they're one of the better teams in the league going into the playoffs. And I'm just excited to see the battle between, you know, her, Candace Parker, um, Simone Augustus, some of those, uh, Ella, uh, Ella, what's her last name, Kyle? Alana Deladon. Alana Deladon. I'm, um, I'm excited to see what, what they have to do. So maybe next week we can catch some games if they have any. They're usually airing on ESPN too. Um, and, and see if we, you know, what kind of interesting facts we can find about these ladies that's out here balling. She won the Alana uh, Deladon won the MVP. Oh, she's a baller. She's a baller. Yeah. She's balling right now. So, um. Thank you for joining Feel the Heat. As we stated, we had some really crazy takes in here today. I know a lot of people are not going to agree that LeBron is better than Jordan. But if you have a better argument, please feel free to send it in at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message. If you have submitted any questions that we did not answer, we will get back to it in our next episode. Once again, I'm your host, Day, along with Webb. Here's his last words. Hey, don't jump on me about that LeBron argument because I ain't, I ain't had that much time to prepare, man. So if y'all want to, if y'all want to argue with me, let me know which part you want to dispute and we can talk about it. I'll, I'll answer it for you. Let me know. Again, you could do that at anchor.fm forward slash fill the heat forward slash message. Please let us know which host you would like to respond to your question. And we will get back with you. You guys be easy. Have a good weekend and enjoy college football week one. We out.